Hello and welcome back to the Own It podcast. I'm Iona Bain. I'm a writer, speaker and broadcaster who specialises in all things money. My dad, Simon, is a retired business and finance journalist. And last year we were holed up together during the COVID-19 lockdown. So we thought, heck, why don't we start a podcast? Because obviously dad and I come from different generations. I'm a millennial, he's a boomer. So we have different perspectives and experiences when it comes to money, I think it's fair to say. And I thought it'd be really interesting to bring those perspectives and experiences together so we could have some hopefully fun, frank and fascinating conversations about the world of finance. And since then, I'm pleased to say lots of really exciting and cool things have happened for the both of us. I mean, we're not living together anymore, which I think both of us are quite relieved about as much as we love each other and got on very well, surprisingly well, um, when we were holed up together. I moved into my own flat where I'm recording this right now, not so long ago. I've also had my book published. I'm now appearing every week on BBC One's Morning Live, which you can check out at 9.15 in the morning. And Dad has moved away from Edinburgh, along with my mum, down to Thanet in Kent. But I do still see Dad an awful lot. He comes up to London to see me. And we got together recently to record a new conversation for you guys. And this time we're talking about how we pay for stuff. Cash, checks, cards, contactless payments, digital wallets, loyalty cards, you name it, we're chatting about it today. How do the generations differ when it comes to payment methods? Are we moving to a cashless society? What are the pros and cons of digital payments? And of course, the million dollar question, has dad got with the 21st century yet or does he still take his bum bag full of traveller's checks when we go on holiday? All will be revealed, stay tuned. And we're really chuffed that our conversation today has been brought to you by MasterCard. They have produced some really interesting research on different attitudes to payments between the generations that we're really going to get stuck into. And I think the stats are genuinely really surprising and will hopefully give you guys a lot of food for thought. So a big thanks to MasterCard for sponsoring our chat and we really hope you enjoy it. Hello there. Hello. It's great to be back. It really is. My podcasting partner in crime. Indeed. And the last time we did this was in lockdown. Very glad we're not back there anymore, right? But we are still talking about money. Well, to be fair, so is everyone else. They are. And I'm guessing that part of this is you want the old timer's view. <laughs> Always. Okay. Um, yeah, let's chat about how we pay for stuff and how mm. that's changed over time. Because I imagine there's going to be quite a lot of differences between your experience and my experience. Just a few. <laughs> how far back should we go? Well, let's go right back to okay. your childhood. All right, then. Well, Christmas, the big event at Christmas was coins. Fat, heavy silver coins that was the Christmas pocket money. Goodness. So the... what, what, what are we talking about here? Pounds? Well, yes, lovely, lovely red tensioning notes. That okay, was, that was pretty much top currency. So um, that's the pre-decimal system. Indeed. Okay, um, might as well be talking about the medieval era. I but. know, <laughs> um, but I think probably the, my first memory of money is the half crown I got from my uncle. Oh. Half a crown was the pathetic sum of twelve and a half p now, but back that then that get you nothing today. Yeah, but back <laughs> then it was a big deal. You know, mm. it was serious toy currency. Right. It was silver, it was heavy, and it was like real money. Mm. And I think that's the first, my first awareness of money. Yeah. And then it sort of graduated to, you know, five pounds stuffed into the Quality Street box from my grandma. Mm. Um, and she partly did it to hide it from my brothers. <laughs> so they didn't know I was getting more than they were. 
canny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> she was like that, my grandma. <laughs> um, but I'm just a bit worried that you would accidentally chuck the Quality Street box no, no away chance. with the money no inside. No chance, no. No. And then we moved on to, um, you know, I mean, first jobs, cash stuffed into little brown envelopes. Lovely. Mm. Even my second newspaper job, we were getting cash in envelopes on a Friday night for expenses, which was a big deal. Right. Well, I imagine it must have been quite tempting to just go straight to the pub with that money. Not at all, no. What do you think we were? Journalists. <laughs> Journalists. <laughs> yeah. Going to the pub, surely not. But really... Um, you know, university, yes, we did have a bank account. It was a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And to get your money out, you had to go and write a cheque. Mm. And, you know, that was it. Um, prior to that, of course, it was the post office. All your, all your half crowns and your 10 shilling notes went in the post office savings account. I mean, on the one hand, I can imagine that must have been quite a nice ritual. Mm. But on the other hand, it's quite a big hassle. It was, yeah. No, the idea of just sort of being able to tap a card and spend anything you like. I mean, marvellous, but probably just as well we didn't have it, to be honest. There are such massive generational differences in how we pay for things now, because fast forward to today, mm. how do you pay for stuff? Well, sneak preview, I have moved my bank accounts onto my phone. Oh, well done. In, just in the last few months. Well, you had been banking online before that. Oh, gosh, yes, online, but right. not, not using the phone apps. So what, you were going on your laptop and doing yeah, it all of course. on there? Right, yeah, oh, OK. Right, from the early days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, so what um, was stopping you? Why, why weren't you doing it on your phone before now? I suppose I didn't use my phone in the same way that a lot of young people do. Use it all the time for everything. Didn't yeah. have the latest model. You know, didn't really think of it as being crucial. Um, and just got used to it. I think that plays such a big part in how people pay for things. Just... Mm. Force of habit. Yeah. This is how I've always done it. Hmm. And it's really easy to get stuck in that rut over many, many years. Um, but what's really fascinating as well is that things can also change very quickly as a result of external events. So a very good example of that is the pandemic. Yes. And that has changed an, how people pay for things an awful lot. So, yeah, looking at uh, how it's affected people's attitudes, there's some really interesting research from Mastercard, which has shown that 59% of 18 to 34-year-olds say that since the pandemic, they now do most of their shopping online. Mm. Um, so, you know, going out to the shops with a card, even if it's a contactless card or a digital wallet, even that's starting to become a bit of a distant memory for some young people now. And, and only 14% of people age 55 and over. Mm. So, you know, it's just as well that we are still going to the shops, isn't it? Yeah. Us yeah. oldies, otherwise yeah. the high street would be completely dead. Yeah, yeah, we'd just all be shopping online yeah, in but, our virtual worlds. But we did change our habits an awful lot during the pandemic. I mean, the Bank of England says that cash was down to 15% uh, of payments during lockdown, which is incredible. Wow. From 60% in 2009. That's a huge and drop. And 23% before the pandemic in 2019. And now mm. it's just up to 17%. Yes. So, I mean, that is that shows how people were, were kind of frightened, really, to use it, weren't they? Absolutely. There was a lot of fear-mongering around cash during COVID. There was this myth that using cash would spread COVID, but the Bank of England did find in November 2020 that actually the risk was negligible. It was, was absolutely very, fine to use cash. That was very early on as well, really. Yes, but by that point, you know, shops had been encouraged to only accept cards. Mm. And people, as we now, you know, look back at that time, we, we can all recognise just how frightened a lot of us were. Then that habit of just paying for things using cards became cemented. Entrenched, yeah, mm. yeah. But the other thing the Bank of England said was that uh, January this year, 73% of us are still using cash for one thing or another. Mm. Yeah, so it's a reminder that we haven't moved completely to this all digital economy. And choice is a good thing. Absolutely. I'm all in favour of having choice. And I'm also in favour of not putting all your eggs in one basket 
and having lots of different options for paying. Having cash in the house is a good idea, just in case something goes wrong with your bank account. I've been locked out of my account due to IT failures at banks in the past, and it's right. incredibly annoying and frustrating when yeah. that happens. And having some cash on standby is always really good. Yeah. But having said that, I can't deny that today using a digital wallet has just made so many things in my day-to-day -day life much easier and, and smoother. So going on the tube, for instance, right. nowadays I very rarely even use my contactless card. I use my digital wallet whenever I, I go on the tube, mm. um, often because I've got my phone in my hand anyway because I tend tend to always have uh, have my phone with me, not least because I need to listen to music when I'm out and about. Of course you do. Because um, that's that's my life, that's what I love. Um, so yeah, I'm very often like choosing which track to play as I'm heading into the tube station. Okay. And then I can just tap it on the reader and away I go. So yeah, what's really interesting is that a third of 18 to 24 year olds, according to MasterCard, say the digital wallet on their phone is their preferred way to pay these days. And that compares to just 5% of those aged 55 and above. As that, I know, yeah, I mean, yeah. those 5%, they yeah. are right at By the cutting edge. edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'll be you next. I'm on a journey. You are on a journey, yeah. yes. You've got to online banking, but, yep. you know, sure. take it one step at a time. I will. Um, yeah, so I would definitely recommend having a digital wallet. It's really easy. But I worry that it's maybe a bit too easy in certain situations. And, of course, that, uh, that lifting of the, the maximum spend on contactless from 45 to 100 was a game changer, wasn't it, really? Yes. Don't you think? Absolutely, because I think when the maximum was £45, I remember there was a period where contactless spending still felt like a novelty and mm. you would only use it for those smaller purchases. Right. You know, if you'd nip round to the shops to get, okay. you know a pint of milk or whatever but actually what's really funny if you read those um interviews with politicians and celebrities back in the day okay the classic question that was asked was do you know how much a pint of milk uh, costs yeah, yeah. and everyone would kind of point to that if they couldn't answer as sign that they're <laughs> totally out of touch but actually if you ask lots of younger people now how much does a pint of milk cost well first of all they wouldn't be able to answer you because it's changing so much anyway due yeah. to inflation but also if you're just using your card to pay for stuff it can be quite difficult for that information to go in and for sure. you to really understand the value of things anymore absolutely do you think there has been a bit of a pushback in favor of cash because of the cost of living crisis, people using it in a new way or an old way, you know, for budgeting and, and, and because they are nervous about, you know, what they're going to spend using cards in that way. Well, it's funny you should say that, actually. 38% um, of Gen Z consumers and 35% of millennials say they are using cash more often now right. to help them okay. budget through the cost of living crisis. Mm. And I think those are really high percentages. They are, aren't they? And I think... When you look at social media, you see these trends like cash stuffing going viral. You've got certain influencers that are building whole careers on the back of that trend. That's cash stuffing when they put it in envelopes. Yes. Marked, you know, this is payment for my, my beer money, for my groceries, for my... Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're kind of sorting their spending into yeah. all these different envelopes and they're putting, you know, cash that's been allocated for that okay. uh, expenditure into that envelope and... You know, once it's gone, it's gone. Mm. So it's a real return to those old fashioned values. As yeah. with so much on social media, things that look yeah. like they are, you know, brand new, mm. you know, revolutionary <laughs> radical insights are, are actually good old fashioned wisdom what from granny. The old timers used to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> old timers did. like yourself. We've we got did. a lot to pass on. It's interesting that actually the percentage of younger people who are using cash more 
to get through the cost of living crisis is higher mm -hmm. than the percentage of baby boomers. Just 23% of baby boomers yes. say they're using cash more now. Um, so I think that really points to a shift among the younger generations. Because let's face it, thinking about my experience mm. with uh, money and, and, and how the way I've paid for things has changed over the years. Actually, cash was a big part of my, my childhood and my teen years. You know, mm. you, you guys paid me pocket money in cash. Mm. Um, that's how I learned to budget. Sure. Um, and then when I got to university, I was still using cash on a very regular basis. I had a debit card, mm. didn't have a credit card because no. I sort of saw that as, you know, being a slippery work. slope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, that's a very common view that I come across right. in my career now. You know, the question I get asked most often, I'd say, is apart from how can I get on the housing ladder? <laughs> um, is how how do I use credit cards responsibly right. and not, you know, get tempted to overspend on credit cards? Mm. Because I think young people have a credit phobia. Mm. Um, and it's really important to recognize that debt is a means to an end. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be used for good. There's good debt good. and bad debt, right? Completely. There's good debt and bad debt. It can be used for good things. You know, I've heard about people using debt in order to kind of set themselves up in a new life. Uh, being able to make an investment in something that takes their career forward, you know, okay. and so on. There are lots of good ways that you can use debt, but it is absolutely legitimate to worry that your your use of a credit card could get easily out of control. I think it's just learning how to use it. Obviously, if you've got purchases of over £100, that's when I use my credit card because yes, yes, you too. get that Section 75 protection right. if anything goes wrong, right. much stronger than, than on debit cards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with credit cards, obviously, it's a really good way of building up your credit score, and that's essential if you need to get a mortgage. So it's a part of life. It's a fact of life. We all need to kind of get to grips with that credit system and make it work for us. That's right. I remember writing about credit cards when they first sort of took off, really. Uh, in the late 80s and that was when banks were just getting into the credit card market and mm. doing all this marketing and uh, I, I wrote this piece where we went to the ministers of religion and sort of said you know are people going to borrow too much and get into this awful <laughs> debt spiral you know you went to um, the right people there for a bit of moral panic on the issue exactly yeah. uh, but it, it was much more of a kind of fresh question then yes um you know, and I suppose the mortgage market was only just developing. Mm. We take it for granted so much now. Well, so is the credit card market. Yeah. But looking back economically, as we tend to do, especially at the moment, um, we've needed that credit yes. boom mm. um, to keep the economy going. Yes. You know, and it really is about uh, how you manage it yourself. Yes. I mean, you don't, you hardly use your card for very much, do you, actually, your credit card? No, because I am definitely aware of those risks of overspending on a credit card. I certainly don't have it in my wallet and I don't use mm. it when I go out shopping. I only use my debit card. And it's partly because I want to keep my finances relatively simple. Right. I think you can overcomplicate things. And whilst I'm a big believer in having different payment options, I, I do tend to stick with debit cards for day-to-day -day spending. And also because now I've got debit cards that link up to my online banking account, which um, has got some really good budgeting tools. And as somebody who is numerically challenged... You're a number numpty. <laughs> number numpty. But I'm not ashamed of it. It no. just means, you know, having dyscalculia, I have, to, I have to be mindful of that risk of me not understanding the numbers. Yes. Um, so with those budgeting tools, it helps me see what's going on with my finances in a very visual way. Yeah, I think you that's know, brilliant. There's pie charts and things like that mm. that just, yeah, bring it home for me, much more than just numbers on a page or mm. numbers on mm. a screen. Um, so that's why I use my debit card. It really, it really helps me avoid that risk of overspending 
and it can link up to those very helpful budgeting tools, which which work for me. But, you know, coming back to that chat we were having before about cash and how that is clearly becoming the, the preferred budgeting tool for a lot of young people. I think my message is really just figure out what works for you sure. and stick with it. Sure. Well, I've decided that having my bank accounts on my phone works for me. It's really quite fun. Yeah. In fact, it's so much fun that, you know, I did something dreadful. Having got this new account up and running, which I'd only just opened, a Chase Bank, actually. Mm. And when I got my card, by the way, um, mm. a debit card with Chase, and it was MasterCard. I thought, well, I thought MasterCard was credit cards. Yeah, well, my debit card um, with Starling is right. MasterCard as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, it's part of the innovation that sort of people are, you know, getting on board with. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is great. Um, and you can transfer money so easily, which I hadn't really realised. Yes. And lo and behold, when I worked this out, I sent £800 over to a business that I was about to commission do some work. And then I realised, hang on a minute, that's not nailed down yet. I shouldn't have done that. I had to ask him to send it back to me, which is dreadful. Oh, wow. But you did. did get the money back. I did, because yeah. he, we worked with him before. So yeah. it, was just, it was just a mistake. But I have to admit that it was just so appealing, this little slide of the finger and yes. the money had just gone over it was so easy it was yes. brilliant instead yes. of messing around on the laptop we're like completely i was i was a convert but i do i do see the risks as well if you like you mm, know, you've got mm. to be quite careful absolutely yes if you can make those payments that easily you really do need to check that you're making the payments to the right person <laughs> that, you. I, I that you've got that. the right amount yes. and so on yeah you've got to be on the ball but you're right i've got you know um a couple of accounts i've got a savings account now because with interest rates going back up again at last mm. it pays to save i Woo. know it's great um, cheers. so i've got um yeah as you were saying before i've got a chase account and i use that for my savings and being able to move the money around between my accounts now online is i mean it's so much easier than yeah. it used to be yeah, isn't it it's good. just the it's change good. is just phenomenal it's about security as well isn't it how you feel about it i think one of the things i realized when i i started doing it was actually uh, the phone asks you for a lot less onerous security yes. uh, procedures because the phone is safer. Well, it's better yes. protected, which I never realised before. Well, absolutely. So one of the, the real advantages of having a digital wallet is the only way you can get into my phone is using my thumbprint. Yeah. So if this is some... biometric security, right? Exactly. Yep. So if someone nicks my phone, mm. um, no you know, to them. They're, yeah, they're, they're going to have a really hard time trying to get into my get into my digital wallet. And yet if they nick your card... As long as you've got your phone, you're okay. Yes. Well, this is what I discovered earlier this year. My purse was stolen when I was on a night out. Oh, yes. Uh, it was because I was in a bar that was very poorly lit. I wonder why you'd be in one of those. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an everyday occurrence. Go on. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I was in this bar and my purse got nicked. It actually all got caught on CCTV as mm. well. But the police station, very handily, was around the corner. So mm -hmm. I was able to report the crime. And more importantly, as soon as I realised that I didn't have my purse and that it had been stolen, I could um, stop my cards right. within my banking app. Yeah, clever. Um, and that meant that later on that night when the thieves tried to use my card to pay for a taxi home, the payment was declined. And you knew because... Because I got sent a notification right. on my phone and, oh boy, that gave me a lot of satisfaction. I bet, I bet. Um, but also it meant that I had my digital wallet and I could actually have a new card activated within that. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah, instead of waiting in the post for one coming and all that. Exactly, yeah, yeah, which yeah. meant that I could go home. Yeah. I could pay for my own journey home. Mm. I didn't have to get them, catch the money off someone else. Yeah. Um, I remember in the past, you know, having to rely on um, my dear brother mm -hmm. <laughs> to bail me out, you know, if I lost cards in the past. Not that long ago, really. You know, Not so that long it's ago. It's been such a game changer, hasn't it, when you think about it. And it wasn't a, a, a 
a facility that all banks offered until right. very recently. Yes, you know, yes. I remember blogging quite a while ago mm. about how only a, a certain number of banks gave you that option that. to freeze um, your cards. Because yeah. then if you find your cards again, as I've done, you yes. think they're lost and then you find out, oh gosh, there they were. Well, if you cancel them altogether, then, you know, you have to wait for new cards to come in the post no, and just... all the rest of it. So the kinds of things that you can do to, to improve security, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's made a big difference. But what's really interesting as well is you know, um, kind of young people's attitude to um, their phone and how important that is yeah. compared to a purse or a wallet, yes. which, I mean, lots of young people don't even have one of those now. So 78% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they'd be more annoyed if they forgot their phone than their yes. wallet or purse. And I think that's actually true of me. Like, if I leave my wallet or purse at home, well, I've got my digital wallet on go. my phone, yeah. no problem. Of course. Uh, whereas if I leave my phone at home, well, you know, I might not be able to look up Google Maps, you know, there are, yeah, I won't yeah, be able yeah. to listen to my music, you know, so much stuff is there on the phone now. And that falls uh, to 26% of people aged 55 and above. So only a quarter of baby boomers would mm. feel totally at a loss if they uh, <laughs> that figures if they uh, didn't have their, their phone with them um, and 12% of Gen Z consumers and 10% of millennials say they never carry a wallet or a purse yeah but uh, I do yeah, because it's, it's got my driver's license well, there you in go. It, and yeah. I need that to buy alcohol I mean, that's quite trusting isn't it that shows <laughs> a difference in attitudes in a yeah. way that the phone is utterly trusted to do everything yes open all doors solve all problems have phone will be kind of Superman. Yes, yes. And superwoman. You know, there is a risk of being too reliant on the phone. When my purse was stolen, I did wonder, should I should I get a new purse? Should I, you know, send off for cards to be replaced? Should I just have everything on my phone? And actually, no, I can't have everything on my phone. I need to have my physical driver's license. I need to I need to have certain cards in my purse. But I do actually have all my loyalty cards on my phone in a digital wallet now as well. And that's very useful. It means that if I did forget my purse and I went to a retailer, I could still build up my loyalty points, which I think, um, yeah, can definitely get you cash off, particularly places like Boots. So um, I used I'm... to like my physical card for Greg's, though. Yeah? Yes, and it went on, on the phone. I, I used to find I used to forget my phone when I went in to get my sausage roll, you know, and I couldn't get my loyalty stamp. Oh, no, perish yeah. the thought. Yeah, I know, but, uh, but I, I guess it's much easier if you have it all in one place. Yeah, well, the only problem with those loyalty cards is whenever I've had one, you know, where you get, like, buy nine coffees and get the temp free, okay. is that by the time you get to ninth coffee, that, that card, <laughs> yeah. you'll have ended up, like, spilling something on it. Okay. It becomes really ripped and dogged, and it okay. looks in absolute state, and you're struggling to read it. Like, well, I, having I, it on the phone in some ways, is, is I, still, I think it's better. I still have one for the local fish and chip shop, I must say. Oh, really? Yeah, they're Star keeping, of the sea. They're, yeah, they're keeping this tradition alive, the old dog-eared card. Well, they've got their mind to business. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, there's some interesting stats as well around how secure people feel walking around with their wallet or purse compared to just carrying their phone. Mm. Um, and I want to chat a wee bit about the experience of going abroad as well and how much oh, that's yes. changed. Yes, that's a good point, isn't it? Because I remember back in the day mm. when we used to go on holiday, mm. it was always a bit of a mission getting the money out from the Bureau de oh, Change, it was. getting the bum bag out of the attic. It was, <laughs> yeah, stuffing it full of, yeah, weird Franks denominations. Lira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, um, it was a distrust actually of the sort of you know foreign money systems and machines and <laughs> and, and exchange rates and everything else and cards which you felt were going to charge you you know, horrendously for using Which them. Which 
did used to be the case, to be fair. It did used to be the case. There didn't used to be these cards which, you know, you can get fee-free withdrawals and all the rest of it, which, yeah. again, was another game-changer, to be honest. Oh, completely. Um, and, I mean, even, you know, your brother, I mean, he would still be using cash and doing it the old way until quite recently. Now he started using one of these cards and he's realised they actually work. Yeah, well, I, he travels a lot for work. He does. But that, well, I think that's what kind of um, entrenched my kind of suspicion of it all because we did go one time to Italy and uh, used a, uh, an ATM. £100 charged to me, no money came out. And I spent about a month when I got home trying to fight nationwide to get my money back, which I did get. Oh, good, But, good. you know, it's the kind of thing that made us oldies a bit uh, untrusting of the... The new systems. Well, I, personally, I'm really grateful to be able to go abroad and have a card where there aren't any fees for withdrawing cash from ATMs. Mm. Um, I'm getting good currency conversion rates. Mm. Um, and as time has gone on, you know, um, unless you're going to countries where they don't have those kinds of systems in sure. place. If you're going to most places in, say, Europe. Sure. I went to Prague for a conference earlier this year and I was able to use my card in 99% of the places that I went to. Yeah. And it just made the whole experience so much less stressful than it would have been in years gone by. There was just one bar that yeah. didn't accept okay. card, that only accepted cash. No, and then I, I would have been very grateful to have had a bit of, of uh, some backup euros there in a purse. But there yeah, we go. Yeah. Well, you know, cash, I mean, we're all going to want to keep some of it around, aren't we? Like when we go parking, will the machine mm. take coins? Will it read the card? Or do you have to get on the phone, you know, for five minutes, ten minutes? Oh, goodness. Registering your number and, oh, you know, that is... That's yeah, one that's thing. a real pain. It is a pain. And, and obviously that's changing. It's all about infrastructure and all the rest of it. But, you know, small shops like cash. Yeah. Tradesmen like cash. Mm -hmm. I mean, the tax man doesn't like the fact that they like cash. But, yes, you know, it's a bit it's, of a taboo, but, a you know, taboo. it does go on. But, you know, someone's doing a job for 50 quid, you're going to tend to give him cash. You know, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. And, and, and it does suit us to do that. And even the poppy collection this mm, month. I'm yes. thinking to myself, well, I can't get my poppy. I'm not going to change my pocket. I feel, yeah. I feel an idiot. Well, yes, except that I have started noticing, you know, the Royal British Legion with card readers and tube stations because they know that... You know, so many Londoners right, now aren't okay. carrying cash around okay. with them, and that's the only way they're going to get donations from people. Well, this people. is London, you see. Well, it's a good point, yes. And when you are based in London, you can forget, actually, the further out you go, the less and less you can get away with just having <laughs> a card on you. Like, you know, I, I was in Hull recently, and it was a potluck when I got to the station trying right. to get a taxi as to who would accept card payments. Okay. Um, and sometimes when you get in the taxi and they only tell you halfway, oh, sorry, we only accept cash. I had that <laughs> recently on the way to catch a train had right. to therefore stop off at an ATM withdraw the cash and I just missed the train thankfully you know it was an open ticket wow. but you know it's one of those situations where you realise actually Iona just have mm. a backup option here you know don't put all your eggs in one basket well this has been a really fascinating chat about the way the generations yeah. view cash versus digital wallets versus contactless cards, how things have changed, mm. our own experiences. And um, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining me. Yeah, it's been great. A huge thanks to Mastercard for sponsoring our chat and thank you for tuning in. We're really hoping to be back very soon with some more lively intergenerational chats about money. Maybe we'll be back with a new title, slightly different format, switching things up a bit as we head into 2023. Either way, watch this space. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening and take care. Mm -hmm.